Last time on Pokemon Rollout, on the way to Ratu, the group came across two starving Aaron trying to eat a clink by tearing it apart. Coming to the rescue of the clink, they did battle with Aaron and tried to capture them. They shortly found out, though, that they could not catch these Pokemon, as they have already been caught. But Charlie was able to catch the clink to get it out of danger. They then led the Aaron to the Pokemon Center with the promise of giving them food. As they arrived at the Pokemon Center, they found the town to be a little off and unsettling. They had asked the nurse at the Pokemon Center what was going on, and she informed them the factory was closed for renovations from people who came into town on a ponytail-drawn carriage, much like the one they saw leading Trilith and Sanctuary a week ago. After considering the advice of the archetype of slumber and knowledge regarding bringing stone to steel, they decided to infiltrate and stop whatever plans the Flames of Agni have. Find out what goes down today on Pokemon Rollout! guys call me their game master and you're listening to pokemon rollout a real play pokemon tabletop united rpg podcast what's your name i'm paul and i play charlie nothing clever tonight fine no no char- char- no char- charlie the sequel charlie the sequel fine oh there you go <laughs> i mean the first one is still true oh <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that as a cut at sequels and not at Paul or Charlie. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that was its intent. Yes. I'm Michael and I play Professor. <laughs> I feel like I should come up with something, but like I, I'm Lydia and I'm. Or wait. You're right. You're, okay, you're yeah. Lydia. Yep. Good <laughs> so far. <laughs> I'm yeah. I, I'm Lydia and I play. Liliana Shadow Garden. Wow, I was... Okay. <laughs> I'm not I Lydia, promise. but I play her on TV. <laughs> Lydia, don't worry. You don't have to come up with anything. This is perfect. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just uh, mess up enough times. That's that's my thing. <laughs> there you go. So you start heading towards the factory then? I think so. Yes. We're all healed. Is anybody swapping out their teams at all? No. I'm glad, I, I'm glad I put Chomps back. He, he'll he'll uh, he'll enjoy uh, facing me because the last time that we saw Chomps, I think yeah, the last time we saw Chomps, he had evolved yep. uh, by being inspired by these folks. We'll say <laughs> so, yeah. Um, let's bring let's let's let uh, Giggles the Yarmahaha sit sit out for this one, and I'm gonna bring uh, Hollow the uh, Phantom. All right. All right. Yeah. It, so it's kind of like early night time. Yes. We're headed over. Let me say, I think this is your element. Um, we might need some some sneaky sneaky. Stabby stabby. <laughs> stabby stabby. <laughs> well, I don't really have stabby stabby except with my hands, but I can do like a swishy swish with my whip. There you go. That works. <laughs> Perfect. All right. We've got the onomatopoeia down. (laughs) 
Charlie starts thinking about what sound does my swing? Kachoo? <laughs> Bless you. Spider Man web sound is that flip. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking flip at first too. Yeah. <laughs> flip. Flip, flip, flip. Man, Into the Spider Verse was so good, but I'm not going to get into that. I, I, I need to see that one. Oh, you there, you have to. It's so, so good. good thing. All right, so you're heading out. Need none of uh, Liliana and Teresa's knees. You aren't changing Pokemon at all? Nope. nope. All right. So as you head towards the factory, um, so you're heading a little bit out of town to get to it. It's a little bit set away because usually it kind of smells. So it's, it, it's kept farther away from things in there. Um, and as you're heading towards it, uh, can I get a perception check for everybody? Yes. Oh boy. Six. I think I'm a. I'm a thing. I'm a pretty good. Yeah, I'm a three at this. I've got a twelve. Wow. Oh. Uh, eight on Charlie. Okay. Um, Liliana notices it first. There is a familiar-looking white shape. Um, at the edge of the forest, right near the town. Um, as you look at it a little closer and the rest of you see it, it resolves itself into an Absol. Oh. Which is looking at the factory building. And as you notice it, it turns and looks at you. And then turns around and walks silently back into the woods. Charlie was not able to grab a Pokeball fast enough. <laughs> Who's also Although, a decent distance away. That's a happy sight. <laughs> so, Charlie's wondering if, uh, or maybe Paul's just wondering if this should just be like a turn around and go, nope, 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 <laughs> nope, nope, nope. She's nope. <laughs> nope out of it. <laughs> so we dude, can't back out now. Great. We're so not you... even in the building yet. Yeah. We will be soon enough, and then it'll be too late. So, are you heading in then, or are you heading towards the power plant still, or the factory? Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Liliana's yes, gonna like. We'll, we'll pro- progress the plot along. <laughs> even if that was Ellie trying to warn us away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm not that direct. Uh, yes. No. You won't ever be. <laughs> so, uh, as you approach the factory, which is built as a power plant for things there, uh, the first thing you notice is just the silence of it. The telltale groan and grind of the heavy machinery heard through the stick fo- thick stone walls is absent, letting you know that the plant is truly shut down. Uh, nearing the squat square block of stone that could be nothing other than a man-made building, uh, the wind shifts slightly, blowing towards you from the factory. Um, the air becomes vaguely pink-tinged for a moment, and you catch the scent of something mildly sweet and pleasant. Grunge sneezes, and the moment passes. Uh, you all realize that you had all stopped and placed, uh, transfixed by the gust of wind. Uh, looking ahead at the power plant again, you see traces of pinkish smoke wafting through the cracks in the doorways and the windows that are high up on the building into the night air. Uh, I can get a Pokemon education. Uh, cults might work as well. Ooh, I, I'm a, I'm a cult. <laughs> the cult of Charlie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Uh, 19 Pokemon Ed. 
Ooh. 11 occult. Okay. Um, yep. So, Charlie and Fresnies, you both recognize those reactions as a reaction to Dream Mist. <clears throat> um, in concentrated doses, Dream Mist can knock out a human or a Pokemon, lulling them into sleep. Uh, Professor Sneeze, you realize that this Dream Mist is probably diffuse enough that it won't knock you unconscious. And now that you know about it, you should be able to ignore its effects or at least push past them. Um, if you were already asleep, it would be much harder to wake up. Um, so just as a marker, uh, it's a minus two to save checks to recover from sleep as long as you're in that Dream Mist. Mm. Um, there are two entrances to the power plants that you know of just looking around. Uh, besides the heavy garage-style door, style doors, which are all shut, uh, there's a larger front entrance and a smaller side entrance around the left side. Uh, where do you go and how? Who goes? I, I suggest, um, Liliana, if, if you're up for it, you kind of take point on this. You're, you're, you're good at hiding um, and going a, a quiet, subtle entrance. Um, I got it. Liliana disappears with a 22. <laughs> Just vanishes. All right. Um, I think I was talking to Liliana. I don't, I don't know what you all right. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, which entrance are you taking? Um, I will take the. You said there's a large entrance and then kind of one that's yeah, off a large entrance, a large main entrance, and like a side entrance. I will go for the side entrance. All right. Can it's I a get trap. a that's perception check? That's what Sorry? he wants you to do. It's a trap. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> I'm still going to go for it. I got a five for perception. A five for perception. All right. Um, So you enter into the power plant, and the interior of the power plant is filled with wafting pink smoke, giving everything a dreamlike haziness and dropping visibility a fair distance. Uh, The lights above are on, but flicker erratically, and the huge machines stand silent in their places. Uh, the smoke around you moves oddly, forming shapes that are almo- that almost look like people or Pokemon or different places even before collapsing back into the ever-present pink mist. Um, in the corners of the area where you are, and it's kind of a larger area, it's a little obscured by the mist in the air and the things there, but it seems to be mostly a big room. Uh, in the corners of that room, in space of kind of odd intervals around you are what seem to be large apricots or apricorns scattered oddly around over the flooring. The apricorns are familiar, and after a moment you recognize the odd Voltorb that you saw in the Trilithon Sanctuary. Um, It takes a moment to percolate through the oddly dead air, but eventually you can hear a pair of hushed voices arguing from deeper within the plants. Sneak up on them. Okay. The plant is eerily silent except for the two arguing voices which grow louder as you move deeper within the building itself. A quick glimpse at the map posted near the door where you were tells you that you are headed towards the break room or the cafeteria area of the plant. It's the largest open space within the building. And as you approach it and you turn the corner to see it, you realize why they chose, why the uh, Flames of Agony, which you're guessing are here, why they chose that place. The cafeteria is filled with Aaron. Cool. The tables and chairs have been pushed back against the walls or folded away clearing as much floor space as possible for the many iron Pokemon now occupying it. The Aeron are all asleep, though they toss and turn fitfully. Every one of them looks as malnourished as the two you found on the road, if not worse. Uh, 
Standing in the midst of them is a squat, yellow, disturbingly humanoid Pokemon. Though its pointed ears, three-toed feet, and ruff of white fur around its neck show that it's definitely not human. Uh, it twirls a string with a silver coin attached to it almost absentmindedly from one hand, gazing over the ranks of sleeping Aaron with a hungry glint in its drooping, sunken eyes. Floating slowly around the perimeter of the room is a round, pink quadrupedal Pokemon with a light purple body and a lighter pink head, ending in a trunk-like snout. This Pokemon's eyes are closed as it floats, and a denser form of that ever-present pink mist floats steadily out of its out of a red gem on its forehead, drifting slowly over the sleeping Pokemon all around it and just kind of dissipating into the mist around it. Um, to one side of the room is a pallet with wheels attached to it to allow for easier transport of heavy objects. Stacked on the pallet are several cages, filled with the slumbler- slumbering forms of more apricorn Voltorb. Standing next to the pallet are the source of the arguing, and Liliana, as you catch sight of them, you feel a sense of disturbing deja vu. Unnecessarily complicating things. Mutters the woman in light Agni Beastmaster leathers, grunting as she lifts a cage down from the pallet and begins unloading it. She reaches out a hand to idly rub the top of the floating Pokemon's head as it passes by. If they'd simply caught these Voltorb and sent them along, we wouldn't have had that hiccup just, you know, a couple hour, an hour ago or so. I do not begrudge the brothers and sisters their reluctance. A large man in the massive armor of an Agni defender rumbles in response, unpacking the pallet much more quickly than his companion, despite his heavy clothing and the absolutely enormous iron maul strapped to his back. Um, a large ball of rough gray stone rolls at the side of this defender, unfurling four arm-like appendages to assist in taking down the cages. To confine a being to such a small cage is a terrible thing, as our teachings declare, and despite the laxity of the current age, despite the laxity of the current age, why, were it not from the true flame himself, this plan, against the spirit of our ancestors, using the taxes of the hated Chan, etc., etc., well, it is from the true flame, so stop whining. The Beastmaster cuts him off. And would you stop talking like that? You sound like you're trying out for a play. A bad play. Uh, Behind the two bickering uh, Agni characters stands a figure shrouded in the saffron robes of the Agni Shamaness. This figure says nothing and makes no movements to aid the two figures or otherwise interact with anything. On a second look, her robe is different from the other Shamaness robes you've seen before. It fades from red at the edges to yellow at the center, as the others do. But at the top of the hood, the yellow abruptly shades into a pale electric blue, and then darkens into a black circle at the back of the shamaness's head. So, uh, two seem to be just kind of bickering back and forth while they're unloading more cages. Uh, as you walked through the factory, you saw that while the apricorn uh, Voltorb are out and about a little bit, they aren't really covering all parts of the factory that you saw. So it looks like they're still unpacking things. And setting up for what you may or may not be sure. Charlie and Professor Sneezer are playing uh, dog fighting the card game. <laughs> I was they're just a- animals. Yeah. <laughs> it was animals, yeah. And as they're sitting there, he's like, "I, Lily, Lily, who are you? T- I don't know who you're talking about." Liliana, <laughs> she's been with us this entire time. <laughs> I mean, 
What does Liliana do? <laughs> um, she okay. Somehow we need to sabotage whatever operation they've got going on. Yeah. To stop them. I'm going to use a perception check, and I'll probably do an intuition as well, um, to, yeah, like Michael said, check to see what mischief can be done around the place, Okay. and then also to see if I can gain any more intel on what this whole operation is in general. Okay. Oh, and also to check on the Apricorn Fall Torbs to see if they're still, like, as... Oh, no, you said that they were still pretty malnourished like they were yep. before? Yep, they, they, okay. they seem to be starving as well. Okay, never uh, mind then. I should have brought the timber along because it knows wake-up slap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so I did a six for perception... And a nine for intuition. Okay. Um, you don't really see much else for them to do, but you get a grasp of what their plan is. They have a starving electrovore and a starving ferrovore in an electric power plant. Hmm. They're going to, basically, as soon as these Pokemon wake up, they're going to First, drain all like the uh, Apricorn Voltorb are going to drain all of the electric, all the electricity in the factory, and then the Aaron are going to eat all the machinery that's left. Totally oh. destroying this whole factory. Yep, yeah. and the uh, Flames of Agni probably think it's symbolic that it'll be destroyed by wild Pokemon, or what seem to be wild Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, you also have a ba- really bad feeling because. Doing this to one factory wouldn't make more than just a very slight statement. Yeah. Because that would kind of disrupt quite a bit of the flow like, of the whole it, it would general. disrupt the suburb nearby, but Ratu itself would hardly notice. Sure. It could be to all of the factories. Yeah. Or at least to a significant chunk of them. Okay. Alright. Um... Yeah, I think that's enough for now. Um, Liliana is going to leave for now and go back to Charlie and Professor Sneeze and um, relate this information. <laughs> first, first, like just like sitting down with them and like having her own set of cards. <laughs> For the dog fight. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. And, and, Char- and as she sits down, Charlie just keeps on playing the game as if nothing happened. <laughs> um, and then you relay all of this information? Yep. Okay, so we need to take out the flames of Agni without waking up the Aeron or the Aperbolt. And until we can get some experts in to... to to help take them out and, and care for them uh, to keep them from starving. Yeah, so... Um, the, the one point in your favor at the moment is they're throwing around a lot of dream mist, which means it's going to be hard to wake them at the moment. Right. 
that your best bet is they were doing that because then the dream mist would dissipate, the Pokemon would wake up, and they'd be long gone. Sure, sure. So, so waking them up might not happen terribly easily unless you um, actively attack them. Right. Um, just as um, as a, as a, a failsafe, did you happen to see like a, a PA system in there? You know, like a microphone with speakers and stuff. Let me go check. <laughs> <laughs> Liliana slips away back into the factory. <laughs> Can I get another stealth and another perception, please? All right. <laughs> she got 11 in perception. 19 in stealth. And as she's doing this, she's also thinking about her next move in dogfight. Okay. Um, as you walk through the door this time, you notice, lurking in the shadows beside one of the machines is a squid-like Pokemon, standing nearly five feet tall, its yellow-spotted body seeming to warp the mist around it into even stranger patterns. Its heavy-lidded yellow eyes watch the doorway with a lazy malevolence, the shorter tentacles that look almost like hair waving softly back and forth as its only movement. Um, you're looking around a little bit, and you do see some sort of PA system. If you had to guess, it's connected to one of the offices uh, farther in, like, the back area, which is probably locked. Um, okay. I am going to see if I can get a little further into the factory and see if I can either find a key or pick the lock. So when I need to do do know like another stealth check? Um Yes, do another stealth check. Okay. I got twenty-two. Alright. So you sneak farther into the area. Um you find that they didn't leave the keys in the building. It looks like they'd probably be with uh the superintendent or superintendent, the supervisor or the manager. Most likely, but it seems like you might be able to pick the lock. Okay. The thing is, you don't really have the tools, but you might be able to work with it. Mm. Um, as you're walking through, you hear behind you, I'm getting a little impatient. And you catch a flash of yellow, of, of something yellow. Oh, I know. <laughs> uh... I quick hide in plain sight by waving my hands in front of my face. <laughs> uh, you spent, Do you wave your hands in front of whatever you thought you just saw? Nah, I'll just jump behind something. <laughs> okay. You jump behind something, give me another stealth check. I got a 15. Okay. This time, uh, Liliana's being played by John Cena. <laughs> so you so you jump behind something and hit. All right. Um, you don't hear anything else. Can you get a perception? Oh boy, this one. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Come on, perception. Don't fail me now. I got a nine. <laughs> you don't see anything. <gasps> I don't like that very much. <laughs> no, like you don't see anything. You went blind. Oh, good. <laughs> Not quite that far. Thanks oh. for making it ten times worse, Michael. You don't see anything out of the ordinary from what you've already seen. There does not seem to be anyone or anything nearby besides a few sleeping Pokemon. 
Um, I am going to assume that I have uh, outstayed my welcome then, and I am going to slip out as sneakily as I can. Okay. Want me to roll for that? Uh, no, you should be okay to sneak out. Okay. So you sneak back out through the side door, correct? Yep. Alright. And then report back that you found a room with a CA system and stuff? Yes, but you guys should be careful because I think someone may or may not have seen me. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. We should work now, now do, do they have any snacks? Can you go check on that too? Nope, nope, don't check on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's we'll, we'll next? If we do. Liliana's like got her head sticking out of the door. We're like, no snacks. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> next time. <laughs> um, here, here, Charlie. Here, you can have this. Have this little uh, um, sweet confection. Here, I'll give this to you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Because you're such a sweet little boy. <laughs> there you go. Eat that. It, it's like it's like just. You know, a cotton candy person. Um, enjoy that. Um, I, I, I wanted to know about the microphone because you know, I, I, I figure if, if the if the Pokemon starts to stir and wake up, I can have Melody, uh, you know, staying a little bit. I don't think it'd be mm-hmm. strong enough to put anything to sleep, but maybe you know, keep them asleep as we as we do. That's but smart. We can. Um, uh, we should. We should. So, how how many how many um, uh, flames of agony grunts? Are in there? Do you see two or three? Two Beastmasters and one Shamanist, but this is not someone that we've seen before. Uh, Beastmaster, a Defender, and a Shamanist, to be uh, exact. Oh, one Beastmaster, yes. one Defender, one Shamanist. Yes. That. It's perfect. There's one for each of us. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, we should. We should. Figure out some sort Liliana, you, you saw where they were. Um, what, what do you think the best plan of attack is? Mm. How good are you guys at your stealth? <laughs> Not good. Oh, oh. well. <laughs> um, I mean, Boss is pretty good. And so is uh, Arthur, the Hona Digit Cut. I have 2d6 plus 2. Oh, very nice, Charlie. Like, like- the rest of us probably do. Nope. No, that's you are incorrect. You're, you're actually untrained in that, aren't? Or no, you are pathetic in that, aren't you? Uh, I'm not actually. I, I did <laughs> oh. take one um, edge to, to increase my stealth. Stealth. A little bit. Uh, oh no, no, I did not. Nope, yep. nope. I did not do that. I did that for something else. <laughs> I'm still pathetic in stealth. <laughs> All right. Well, I would say that our best course of action would be to go through the side door since that's the one that I'm most familiar with. And right now, let's just stick with the area where all of the Aron are in because I think a little further off gets a little trickier, especially where the PA system is. (laughs) But there should be plenty of places to hide in the main area since there's tons of cages around there. But we should be careful because there's some sort of Pokemon. I'm terrible at Pokemon education, but there's something that's like kind of by the door. I don't know. It's weird. It's blue. It's got 
stringy thingies. <laughs> its eyes look nasty. Um, I don't. I don't like it. <laughs> based on that description, can I do a Pokemon education check? <laughs> you certainly can. <laughs> uh, that sounds like a Pokemon. Um, it says twenty in Pokemon education. Um. All right. Uh, with the twenty, um, guessing. You kind of extrapolate from a few other things put together. Um, for example, the fact that uh, you, she described the other Pokemon that she saw as well, right? Yes. In your first sure. runaround? <laughs> yeah. So, probably, so guessing by those Pokemon going there, you're guessing that this Beastmaster is a psychic specialist. Hmm. And so works mostly with psychic types. Um, meaning that the Pokemon that you saw there is most likely a psychic type because... While the defender had another Pokemon with him, he probably only have one. Okay. And so this one's probably a psychic type. By the fact that um, Liliana didn't even see it the first time around, um, and so it's got to be decently stealthy, and the fact that it's blue and has weird tentacle thingies, um, you're thinking that she might be mixing together blue and purple, which would be simple enough in the uh, in the dark in the dark and with the dream mist, the pink dream ah. mist floating around, kind of doing things. You are guessing that this was a Malamar. A dark and psychic type Pokemon. Um, it has strong hypnotic powers, which it can use to force others to do its bidding. Um, it's known for being... Uh, it, it has perhaps an unearned, but perhaps an earned reputation for being uh, actively malicious. In regards to Pokemon, at least being more likely to enjoy malicious um, actions. Um, also, it's about at this point that, Charlie, you feel a tap on your leg. Okay, uh, I look down. Katana is standing there. Um, she disappeared shortly before you walked towards the power plant. But since she's used to that, you it wasn't really noticeable. Um, as she comes back, she hands Charlie what looks like a glove made out of scrap metal. Whoa. Hmm. Uh, thank, thank you. Um, and uh, Charlie puts it on his hand and makes a fist with it. Don't snap your fingers. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, she, she looks up at you and then... Uh, and like taps your leg again and points down. Look down again. Points down again. Okay, I kneel down. <laughs> she walks up to you and like walks next to you and goes, It's single use. Uh oh. And then steps back. Oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Glad that's on your hands and not mine. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be able to handle that kind of pressure. <laughs> it's out of our hands, sneeze. <laughs> no Better him than us, right? Yep. <laughs> oh, no, like so. So, uh, anyways, like I'm. But the the thing is, like Charlie, like Katana talked. <laughs> yeah, Katana talked, and so like. In my mind, like I've been imagining Charlie, like going, "Oh my gosh, Katana, you've talked. You're, you're," but like I, no. 
given the weight of the situation. uh, His face lights up and his mouth opens wide. He, he he suddenly has uh, a rapier on the roof of his mouth and a rapier st- uh, holding like touching the top of his tongue. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> he very carefully does hand flails. <laughs> Tana quiet like silently takes her rapiers out of his mouth and wipe that wipes them thoroughly on the ground. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, Charlie rubs her head a little bit. <laughs> uh. She seems to accept that. All right. All right. We sh- we should um try to head in there, um, so that uh, that that Beastmaster's got the psychic types we know, and that's a that's a Malamar and uh, and a Hypno in there. Wait, I know it's a Hypno, right? Yeah. Uh, yes, oh. with your Pokemon education. Yes. Okay. Like, um, you'd Michael also, knows oh. You'd also know with your Pokemon education that the other Pokemon uh, she saw was a Musharna. Oh. Dream Mist Pokemon. It specifically creates and can, and can uh, manipulate dreams. We've got uh, three enemy Pokemon and three enemy uh, people. Four, and... because there was also a Graveler near the uh, Defender. Oh. Yeah, that's right. So four Pokemon, three people, uh, and then a bunch of sleeping Pokemon that we want to stay asleep. There was uh, also another door. And there's another door. Correct. Uh, if we can take care of the people in that room and bar that door, and then go into the next room and take care of whoever's in there, that, uh, you know, uh, kind of bottleneck it a little bit, you know? Face only so many foes at a time. Well, uh, what I meant by there's another door, I mean, is there are two entrances into the factory. Oh, yeah. And the side door was being watched. So we can uh, pincer move this. <laughs> um, the side door is being watched, so mm-hmm. um, I'm not terribly sneaky. If I go in the other door, that might give me a, a little more of an advantage. Um, but uh, you, you two can go into this door. What do you think? Of, what do you think of that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I, I, I'm realizing I'm leading you a little astray. Um, oh. the side door, which is the smaller door, which less people would know about, was being watched. Mm. So don't go in that door. So what does that go probably the... mean about the main door? Oh, it's probably being watched too. Yes. Yep. Okay, got it. Makes sense. You know what, Sneeze? Why, why don't you just why don't you just wait with us, okay? Then we then we can know for sure when something happens. I mean, if something happens. Right. That's, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll go together. Okay. So where do you go? Um, to through the roof. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see it. <laughs> well, I can't get up there. <laughs> um, through the side door. Okay. I vote for the side door. Let's do the side door. Uh, should we have our uh, Pokemon out and ready for battle? So if don't... they're stealthy. <laughs> we don't need more than one mishap. Right. Um, all right, I'm gonna uh, 
Uh, Arthur, come on out. I'll, I'll use your help. Um, and I call out Arthur the, the Honed. Floats next to you and just kind of stares. <laughs> That's right. Do that to that. That's eerie. I love it. Um, so, a stealth for Arthur. I'm going to roll here is a 13. Okay. My stealth is a 5. Okay. Liliana rolled a 26. Golly. Jeez, <laughs> okay. And. Grunge isn't too bad at stealth either, and he's also good at picking things out. So he rolled a 10 total. Okay. And then uh, Katana is the one coming with me. She's a very stealthy girl. Um, how do, uh, 20, if you count the plus one modifier, 20. And 20? Uh, for her stealth. Okay. What to Charlie? Charlie's, Charlie's stealth. Oh, I also um, I I pop a little uh, you know, kind of sour jawbreaker type thing into uh, um, Arthur's mouth. I don't know that Arthur Here, has a mouth. Stuck on this for a bit. Uh, he doesn't. He has, like, teeth. That's his sheath. That's the sword underneath the sheath. It's the illusion of oh. teeth. I just. Could... Uh, he wraps it up in his yeah, silk uh, tail <laughs> thing. There you go. Love it. At first, I just kind of imagined, like, Professor Sneeze saying, like, oh, here, Arthur, here's your treat, and kind of, like, tossing it to him for him to eat, and it just Smalls kind of smacks down, against Arthur's the side of like... the sheath and falls to the ground. <laughs> and and then he picks it up just and eats it. Arthur's head just going, oh, my goodness, he's gone so Nile. <laughs> <laughs> Your sword have a jawbreaker. So what did Charlie roll for stealth? Uh, an eight plus two, a ten. Ten. All right. So as you head we enter the factory. Yes, as you mm-hmm. enter the factory, um, everyone else kind of heads through just fine. Uh, Liliana is keeping an eye on the Malamar, and it doesn't seem to react. And then. Professor Sneeze walks through the door. Oh, no. And as it catches sight of Professor Sneeze, its eyes glow with kind of cruel eagerness. But then it clacks its beak silently once and turns, moving towards where the people were before. Stop it! Stop it! Somebody get it! Um, Arthur, pursuit! Uh, alright. You move first, so Arthur pursuits. Arthur has pursuits. Arthur has pursuits. Alright. Uh, it is moving uh, away, so it would use that attack. He also nope. has a fursuit. No way, that would uh, be an archie. Never mind. Arthur does not uh, have Arthur, a fursuit. Arthur does not have a fursuit. Arthur doesn't have a fursuit. Nope. I thought, I thought you were... What, what, what are you saying about boss? <laughs> um, that, uh, hit. Oh, okay. Uh, because of no guard, that hits. Yeah. Um... So 2d8 plus 24 is going to be the total. Love it. Oh, 
come on. 29 dark physical. Alright, that did 9 dark physical damage. Because, holy cow, these guys are beefy. Uh, but it definitely caught the Malamar's attention. <laughs> Alright, Charlie directs uh, Katana. Alright, Katana, go ahead and use a faith attack on the, the, the squid thinger. Squid thinger. The marshmallow. That's the technical term. Yep. <laughs> Alright, so let's uh let's see if I hit for she hits first. It's a three. Okay. And that was a faint attack. Which yep. can't miss. Can't miss. There we go. Yes, awesome. So roll uh, my two G eight plus ten. Three five eight. Uh, plus 10 is 18, plus 23 should be, uh, 41 dark physical damage. Um, that did 21 dark physical damage. <laughs> Which is not quite enough to give it an injury. So, Katana leaps forward and essentially does a nice slash across the Malamar, which, uh, sucks in against it, but otherwise doesn't really react as though it did too much to it. Oh, darn it. I um, it doesn't seem to have seen Liliana. Oh, okay. Good. Nice. Um, what all is happening in the room? Are the people, the people aren't there anymore? No, um, you aren't in that room yet. This is a big oh, okay. factory building. You're right by the door. And okay. the, uh, cafeteria area is deeper in the factory. And as of now, unless Charlie yelled out his uh, commands to Katana, you still haven't made quite enough noise to be heard throughout the factory. Okay. Let's see. So you need Charlie to be louder, is what you say. <laughs> <laughs> Please, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll try that. Alright. Um, I'm going to have Liliana use Faint Attack okay. on the Malamar. Faint Attack? Yep. Okay. So... Oh, come on. I got a 5 for accuracy. Okay. Uh, that does hit. Okay. It does not see you. Oh, and it's Faint Attack. You can't miss. Oh, that's right. Yay for that. <laughs> Okay, I got 30 dark physical. 30 dark physical? Yep. Right, you did 10 dark physical damage. Yeah. Um, and it still hasn't gained an injury yet, so Liliana appears out of nowhere and strikes the Malamar with her whip. And it kind of jumps back in surprise at that, but it's still up and going. We need to have Grunge use... Since it is a psychic and dark, it is only, um, just for knowing the typings, it is only weak against bug and fairy, and takes no damage from psychic. Yeah. Shoot. And I can't just, like, return grunge and switch him out on this turn, because that was supposed to be during my turn. Yeah, you took your standard action, so... Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Not this turn. I'm... Yeah, I'm going to have. I'd say like any of Grunge's moves will do normal typing damage to it. So none of mm -hmm. like it doesn't resist any of his attacks. Great. Um, I'm going to have 
Grandview's fire thing in the hopes that we can get it up enough to burn the enemy. Okay. <laughs> I rolled 15 for accuracy. Okay, that hits. 46 fire physical. Okay, that did 26 fire physical damage, which is enough to give the Malamar an injury. Nice. Yay. So Grunge leaps forward with flame in his jaws and clamps down on the Malamar. Finally reacts in some pain as it's kind of like shifting back in a way, and it's uh, one of its longer tentacles is now all burned. Um, I'm going to use try attack then. Okay. On this thing, powering up the hair muscle and firing up uh, whirling dervish of stuff. Uh, that's a four to hit. Four to hit. Right. Unfortunately, your hair muscles fire off and go shooting off into the mist. Luckily, they don't hit any of the factory uh, machines nearby. Good. Yeah, but they, it kind of goes and dissipates into the mist. Let's have Arthur use Sword Dance. Okay. Arthur, use Sword Dance. Power up, bud. Two combat stages added to the deck. Alright, um, then the Malamar lets out a shriek, and then swings with its undamaged tentacle down on Grunge. Oh, come on. Which slams into him with Payback, which does 37 dark physical damage. Slams into Grunge, and then kind of backs away and tries to start fleeing towards the main room, and we are back up to Charlie. I mean, I could throw a rock at it, I suppose, but, like, one, could I find a rock or a throwable item in this area? Mm. That would be an issue, yes. I could go and punch it with the new glove that Katana made me, but I don't know if this is the time to use it. <laughs> Probably can't catch it. Um, can I get a tech education from Charlie? Yes. You might be on the same wavelength here. Uh, that is a nine on ticket. The glove looks a lot like that weird contraption that you saw that one guy with the uh, octillery wearing. Oh. Oh. And it's single use. Oh. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay. This thing has one injury, you said? Yeah, it has one injury. Oh, gosh. Hmm. Let me look at my inventory. See if I have anything better than a, a lock case and a great ball. <laughs> 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 Alright, yeah, Charlie's gonna uh, snap the lock case on the Pokeball. And he's going to hold it in the uh, with the glove that Katana gave him. Okay. Um, so this will not be in the sling. Uh, am I still able to, able to do damage if I'm just throwing it? Yes, because you do have curveball. All right. So we're gonna. Try it's a that. it's a regular struggle attack, not the sling damage, though. Yes. Okay. So let's first see if I hit. Come on! Don't let her down! Don't let her down! Come on! Seventeen. All right. Ooh. Hits. Alright, so, uh, let's see here, we're gonna hit it with a regular struggle attack, 
Plus 20, so 8 normal physical damage. 8 plus 20, you said? So 28 was how much yes, you actually did? Yep. yep. Okay, yep, so that is 8 damage to it. It is still conscience. conscious. Conscious. Okay, and then I will activate the, the catching mechanic on it. Alright. Ooh, that's a 7. That's a 0, zero 7. <laughs> oh! With a great ball and a and lot of So, um, as Charlie Gr holds the Pokeball with that there, and as he throws, um, his hand feels uncomfortably hot for a long second as the glove breaks apart and reconnects to the ball. Around oh, with, like, a shock of electricity. And you just feel like you just got, uh, basically hit by a really hard, he strong static shock in your hands. Okay. There's you both back there. And then the ball sh swings forward and slams into the Malamar. And pops open, and the Malamar disappears within it. And then the ball shakes once, shakes twice, shakes a third time. Ding! Congratulations, you have captured a level 30 male Malamar. It was owned by someone else before this. Oh boy. Um, it has 74, or it has taken 74 damage and has one injury. Four damage, one injury. Okay. Can I get a perception check from everyone? Yes. Ooh. Uh, Charlie uh, also throws up his hands and goes, "Boo!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, six in my perception. Twelve. Nine. Okay. Uh, Liliana, you catch the scrabble of feet. A very small feat above you on top of the machines. Okay. And looking up at it, um, you see... There it is. You see a white-furred cat-like Pokemon standing on two legs. Its pearly fur accented with deep blue on its head, legs, and the base of its two tails. Um, with bright red eyes, it just jumps... It seems to have just landed on top of a machine near you. And it sees the Malamar disappear, and its eyes widen, and it spins and turns to start running in the other direction. Uh, you have one move. Oh. You can release a Pokemon, which will also have one move, and the Pokemon is running away. My, my, whichever Pokemon I release will also have one move? Yes, we'll also have one move. Oh, baby. <laughs> I'm trying to... I know someone has pursuit. I just hope that I still have them in my party. <laughs> I think but, uh, just to help you out, do you have Ruse in your party? Here's Arua. I wish because uh, that would be perfect right about now. I do not. I do have Sparky though, and, and he, has, he pursuit. has pursuit. Oh no! All right, Sparky. <laughs> go Sparky, go. <laughs> okay, so. Alright, so I, I'm going to release Sparky, All right. and I still have one more move as well. Um, then Sparky has a move. Sparky can attack. Okay, um, so I will release Sparky and say, uh, quick, go after that, go after that Pokemon, catch it, bring it back here. And... Seven for accuracy. Seven for accuracy? Yep. Seven. All right. That hits. Mm -hmm. 
yes, that hits. Um, and so the damage base is 8, but since he's a dark type, it's actually 8 plus 2. I forgot that before. So damage base is 10, so 3d8. Oh, 3d8. Yes. Okay, so 16. Plus 27. <laughs> yes. Yep, 43. Yep, dark physical. Okay, so that did 50 dark physical damage. I gave the Pokemon two injuries and knocked it off of the ceiling. Or off of <laughs> where it was standing there. Yes. And so it lands on the ground. Um, with Sparky just basically standing on top of it. <laughs> like a velociraptor. Like like a velociraptor, yep. essentially, <laughs> yes. And it... It's not equipped to deal with a velociraptor. <laughs> <laughs> Are no any of is. us? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sparky's just kind of crazy but like that. As it lands, it spins and, and like a ball of darkness appears in its hand and it basically chucks it up at Sparky. As it lands, so Sparky gets hit with Shadow Ball. Oh, oh that's one of my favorite moves. I mean, not right now, but... <laughs> <laughs> and it does 38... Ghost special damage. Can I see this Pokemon? Uh, now you can since Sparky literally just batted it out of the air. Right. Yeah, <laughs> roll a Pokemon Ed. And it, that was special, you said? Yes, Ghost special. Sweet. 19 Pokemon Ed. 19 Pokemon Ed. This is a Meowstic. Cool. Uh, specifically, it's a female Meowstic. Which means it's built for all-out offense. More than the other one is with uh, the psychic type there, and it, it, it learns more off, more offensive moves. Uh, and it is uh, built to like you really don't want it to open its ears, or very bad things will happen. I thought you were gonna say. Oh, what was it? I, I was gonna make something funny along the lines of she's a lady, and I also just realized <laughs> that we didn't have that in the last episode. Oh, we, oh, we didn't! <sighs> but that Pokemon looks really cool, and I'm. <laughs> Do you want a Meowstic, you said? I want it. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> well, Charlie already used his one use, and it's his turn. Okay, um, it's my turn? Yes. Can I um can I interrupt or take priority with um Arthur? You shadow sneak. He has a priority move. Shadow sneak. Yes. Then. So um just to take over. <laughs> um Arthur hit it with shadow sneak. Oh. Um so he runs over eighteen to hit. That hits. Thirty eight ghost physical. That did forty two ghost physical. Which is enough to give the Meowstic two more injuries and faint it. So as Charlie notices that the like as Charlie turns to see the Meowstic, Arthur basically darts forward and appears out of the Meowstic shadow and just slams down on it. 
Sneeze. It was, it was already captured, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I don't care about that. Do you think it has ever mattered to me who has previously owned something? Do you know me over the past how many weeks? Mark my words. You better. Which now means that I also have, have two favors for a different session because I think that's all the time we have for this week. Uh, so thank you for joining us this week. You can find us online at tapestryradio.org slash Pokemon-Rollout, on Twitter at PokeRollPodcast, and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash PokeRollout. Join our Facebook group, the Pokemon Rollout Tap Room. As long as you're not a robot, we'll approve of your request to join. There you can join in the conversation with creators and fans and become a part of the Pokemon Rollout community. Also, follow our network on Twitter at Tapestry Radio and check out some of our other great shows at tapestryradio.org like Intermission, Michael and Ethan in a Room with Scotch, and Here's Johnny. A special thank you to Rocco W for our theme music, Electric Donkey Muscles. And feel free to check the show notes for the other music and sound effects used in this episode. Once again, I'm Nick, and you can follow me on Twitter at PokeRollNick. I'm Paul. On Twitter, you can find me at ProfSnag, and you can check me out in the Pokemon Rollout Discord, the Puckle Discord. Uh, find me in a variety of places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm Michael, and you can find me on Twitter at M-G-L-I-L-I-E-N-T-H-A-L, as well as in the uh, Pokemon Rollout Pack Room and Discord. And I'm Lydia, and you can find me on Twitter at L-I-L underscore Shadow 8. I don't know what just happened to my voice there. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, come chat with us. Hang out. It's fun to see you guys' interactions and everything with each other and with us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Yes. And you can follow me on Twitter at BehindYourEyeLi. BehindYourEyeLi. If you like what we do here every other week on Pokemon Rollout, tell a friend, retweet us, and especially please rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you really like us, donate to us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Podcast, and get some sweet rewards. Special thanks to our patrons, Asher, Corax Alexandra, Nathan Jester, Ryan Felton, Math- Michael, Williams, uh, Michael Williams, Nat Koenig, and Rochelle Graves. You guys are awesome, and we can't say it enough. We really appreciate all that you, the gentle listeners, do for us. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you later. Pokemon Rollout. The Flames of Agni are here, and they plan to destroy the factory. The trainers have managed to sneak inside, and so far they seem to be undetected. Will their luck hold out? And is this the only attack that the Flames of Agni are planning tonight? Find out next time on Pokemon Rollout.
you should just have me, like, quote-unquote wake up at the beginning of the episode and be like, Oh, Paul, give me a recap. What did I miss? Otherwise, Charlie would be very tempted to just be like, uh, Hey, Liliana, uh, take this. Now give it back. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> I have an Alakazam. Yeah, no, that would not work. Doing laundry. Doing laundry. Hopefully not. All through the night. <laughs> I guess laundry. not, because technically it's the morning. morning light. Yeah, it's coming in a few <laughs> hours. Get ready. Whoa. <laughs> oh, nice. That was my rap section. Rap solo, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Can you dig it? <laughs> Thank you. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hi. I approve. I approve this message. <laughs> Just be in a Your friendly PSA. To always do your laundry. Everything <laughs> alright? Yeah, I just dropped something. Sounds like a plate in silverware. Was, was that what it was? No, it was my knitting needles. Oh, oh. yep, yep, yep. That's right, folks. I'm a grandma. Again. <laughs> She's so proud of her grandchildren. I'm so proud of my grandfish. Obscurantism and obfuscation. Orally observed, gentle listener. Gentle listener. Gentle listener. Gentle listener. Obviated objects. Of oblivion. Of oblivion. Obambulating about. Offered unto you. Offered unto you. Offered unto you. In the Tapestry Radio Network. Tapestryradio.org. From our fancy to yours.